spidey senses tingling. He's the host who, like Samson, will lose his strength if you dare to cut that hair. He's slim. This is your Paper Keg Podcast, episode 205. Welcome to the show. Paperkeg.com, where three fathers read comic books, and then they talk about them in podcast format. You know, you cut my hair, I lose my ability to troll Jonesy Loves Beer. Let's share that meme this weekend. <laughs> David Mazzucchelli. Asterios. Polyp. And then we'll read your letters to close out the show. Letters at papercake.com. You know, we're three friends. You've already heard my name. We have, let me just set you at ease. You know, you're firing up a new podcast. You found us probably featured on iTunes. You know, best of playlist. Tim Cook's iPad probably has us on there. But we have a writer on the show. Bonafide Boom. writer. You're comfortable now. Jonesy loves beer. Fitness maven. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, I, I heard a good joke the other day. How do you know when a fat man is going on a weight loss uh, revelation? How do you know? Don't worry, I'm going to effing tell you about it every time I see you. Can we Boom, get... that's the kind of writing stylings you should come to expect. <laughs> Stick when around. You to paper gang. How can we get an update on uh, John Bones John Bonesy fitness status 2015, please? A brief update. Uh, let's see. Uh, I went to the hospital 319 pounds. I currently weigh in at uh, 266. Uh, I shall hopefully uh, by this time next year, be at my goal weight of 180 pounds. Oh my Ooh, god! Man. Yeah. So uh, I uh, let's see some of the things I do. A lot of core exercises. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily you know bench press or uh, do anything with leg work just yet. I'm still not ready. One. Uh, I do a lot of stuff to build the core and burn the belly fat. Jones, you you and I. That means you're gonna look like me. Yeah. With my greasy, you know, oily face and hair. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, not preparing me for the return of acne that working out <laughs> would uh, bring to me. I wanted that to uh, be a surprise. Uh, well, it, it's very pleasant. Uh, Let's, um, we need to talk yeah. to the original fitness stud of the show, Silver Fox. The uh, He rides on elliptical dreams, you know, before these shows... Dan underscore A, welcome back to the show. Feels great to be back, uh, boys and girls. Uh, we are here once again to make uh, Slim miss his uh, MXC challenge. 
pay-per-view. And uh, in the meantime, while he's doing not doing that, he'll be getting back at me for talking about my lack of ellipticaling. You know, I didn't know either way if you were on it. I just wanted to bring it up. We have a big weekend coming up. We have our P- our PK weekend getaway 2015. Mm. You know, where we go to the Amish country just to sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dutch Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Watch and the kids a, run around. Yeah, yeah, screaming at each other. You know, us throwing loaves of bread at them to pipe down, probably. <laughs> That's like we were feeding the ducks. Similar, <laughs> very similar to that. <laughs> Taking out a third mortgage in order to purchase a Amish blanket. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing weekend is what it comes down to stay tuned actually no don't stay tuned to my tweets because i think i might go twitter i might go social media dark oh, during man. that weekend amazing can you can you feel it in your bones you will be missed I... I can tell you that much i can feel it in my fingers and i can feel it on my toes the amish are all around us and so the feeling grows <laughs> Man. That is freaking me Just out. Watch out, uh, Lancaster, PA. We're coming for you. That <laughs> that that talent, that wit, that wit will be all over the place. It's coming up, Route dry. Thirty. Thank God it's a dry county. Jonesy will be going to bed at six p.m. with his two ply socks. Dale and I, I will be I've waking given up. up the second ply. Oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're what are you moving towards? Uh, 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 you know, I just have SOX on now. They're like uh, plantar fasciitis socks, but they help with uh, you know. Humble brag. Other stuff. <laughs> humble brag. That was like humble dad brag. Humble grand <laughs> granddad brag, I think. Uh, Gen Z's health. We're having a good time tonight. Poking fun at Gen Z's health. That's what we do. We have a big book club, Asterios Polyp. You know, if you've read Batman Year One or Daredevil Born Again, a guy by the name of David Mazzucchelli. Wrote and drew our book club tonight. I'm excited to talk about it. You know, it's outside of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. as they yeah. say. Sometimes we do that to ourselves, you know, to just keep us, keep pushing us, you know? Sure. And uh, one other call out, pouring one out. I think we are officially the last comic book podcast standing. Ancillary Characters has officially called it quits. Mm-hmm. Our dear friends at our uh, DC Comics podcast. Your thoughts, uh, Jonesy Loves Beer? I think this is still an elaborate troll, uh, that they'll be back, rebranded. Although, you know, that uh, at Seth Breedslove on the Twitter has had some success with his uh, Bigfoot uh, venturing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that Turtle Jump podcast that has just brought up the airways uh, about video games. So maybe maybe it was just a natural transition for them to split off into two different genres. Yeah, they did a comics podcast. We were all, you know, we all came into the scene around the same time. I think AC did it before us. Echo Rift, remember that podcast? Mm-hmm. Don yep. Garvey. Yeah. Gone. Finished. Poly Comics podcast. Gone. Retired. Seth Bre- Seth Breeds loves a big time director now. With his Minerva Monster. Yeah. He doesn't need podcasting anymore. I mean, he's left it behind. (laughs) He's broken the chains of podcasting. And he has risen above. Mm -hmm. I think that's an Amish uh, parable that Jonesy knows about, probably. (laughs) It's on a scroll. I had to to, uh, unfurl it. 
It's probably at the, uh, you know, on, on pamphlets at every smorgasbord we're going to hit this weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. Shady Maple Farmsdale, Millersdale. Are you listening, Dale? I just, I just want to say, last year, I've never seen an amount of food over a three-day period than I did last year in Lancaster, PA. <laughs> <laughs> it was sickening. Sickening. We That's need what brings all the uh, RVs to the yard, all I that food right up there. I guess so. All... Everything is covered in maple syrup, RV whether parking you want to or not. You. If you need uh, to cover your maple syrup with more maple syrup, there's a station for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they'll do it for you, right into your mouth. Double ply, <laughs> double ply maple syrup. We need to get into a stereos. Please. Uh, Jonesy Loves Beer. This is a graphic novel. David Mazzucchelli. Legend. What's this book about? This book is high art, no matter what angle you look at it. Uh, it's about the title char- character, a serious polyp, who is a professor of architecture, a tenure professor, very well known uh, in artistic circles, uh, published, well-revered, well-awarded, well-appointed professor. And guess what, guys? He's never built a single building. So already we know that this book hits some pretty strange buttons with this character. He's most certainly a statement about the nature of traditional education. And Asterios uh, meets a lovely coworker, Hannah, who joins the staff at, where, at the university he teaches at and begins a long uh, love affair with her and a long examination of her life and motivations and why she chooses to be with him. And then uh, one night, you're not sure what the circumstances are, but a a lightning bolt, a stray lightning bolt, strikes his uh, brownstone and burns it to the ground. And Asterios escapes with his life, uh, takes whatever money he has left, throws it into a bus ticket, heads down south, and starts a new life as an auto mechanic. Uh, the mechanic, nicknamed Stiff, uh, he adopts Asterios into his family. You know, his uh, his hippie-ish star child wife uh, and their rambunctious young son. And he, what we have is a concurrent storyline of Asterios' present life as an auto mechanic and the flashbacks of his developing relationship with Hannah. And what we have is Asterios finally building something and building his life uh, the proper way at the end of it. Asterios Pollock. Huge. There you have it. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Mm-hmm. Asterios Pop. I think I read this many years ago, but I never finished it. And I told Adaminity this, and... She asked me to like describe the book to her before she started. I was like, I have no idea. I don't remember anything about it. And that's actually the whole story that I have for mm-hmm. that portion. Fantastic anecdote. <laughs> she probably Thank just you. banged it out. I mean, she probably just like consumed it. <laughs> she finished it probably like an hour after I yeah. told her that. And that was she, the end of me. She just pressed the book up against her head like she does. and just <laughs> She absorbed it its life force. <laughs> yeah. And she was finished. But uh, I'm... I 
I don't know how much time we'll actually spend talking about, about this book. I, I'm, I was fascinated, like, how much in-depth discussion we'll have about this. But I, I feel like, artistically, it's a work of art. I feel like Mazzucchelli is is like a brilliant artistic mind. And he hit levels of this book that I don't think I'm smart enough to mm-hmm. fully absorb myself. Yeah, I, I actually felt the same way. Like, it's really great. It's a really great piece, but as far as talking points for the podcast, it kind of like made me nervous because I I knew that I really liked what I read but at the, you know there's there are certain themes in there that I'm sure are beyond what I can speak about but I I feel like I got it even though I can't explain I can't completely explain what was going down mm. like as far as the uh, you know the formatting and the writing and the um I like a lot of the symbolism I guess but I got, I still, it, even, I got it. I feel like that's why we have, that's why we have a contractual obligation to have a writer on the show that can <laughs> come in on these points and uh, give his opinions. You know what? I am going to state an opinion and hopefully it won't be as uh, vitriolic as uh, the one you just throw at me. Sounds like hot garbage coming our way here. No. Uh, you know, this book read to me like a self-help comic about how to get your own head out of your own A. Uh, you know, Asterios is essentially so far up his own ego that he can't allow himself to have a real life. You know, he's so absorbed with being this paper architect as he's, uh, you know, been termed because he's never actually submitted a design to be built and he thinks he's such hot s that he can't even notice what's great around him. You know, he pretty much railroads his marriage apart. Um, and there are a couple great moments in this book where, like, Hannah, his wife, is essentially trying to tell him that he needs, or she needs more from him, and he just ignores it. And unfortunately, it takes a total giving up of himself totally his his old life entirely for him to realize what he wants in his life and there are a couple of signposts in this volume that are incredible like for instance there's a character um called i think is willie alumi alumini mm. he's got he changes his last name so often but willie like really harasses her Every time they speak, you know, he offers her an art project, which he takes on. But then she, he treats her like dirt. And at no point does Asterios ever stick up for her. And there's a, there's a beat where she's like, where they're having a fight. And he's like, how is this my fault? Like, how can you blame this on me? And she's like, I just don't know why you let him talk to me that way. That, that, that scene was just so powerful. And when you get into certain moments in the book, the art shifts and breaks down each character into their own art style about how like they view each other and how they view the world. And there was like a full page panel where she shifted into her own art interpretation and, and stereo shifted into that, you know, the breakdown of how to draw, which was like the circles and the squares. And God, that really like hit me really hard because actually in a previous relationship, 
like a similar situation happened to me and I was totally oblivious that mm-hmm. my girlfriend was like really uncomfortable at a certain certain comments made by somebody and I remembered that exact moment and he must have and like Asterios must have just been broken piece by piece you know over the the course of this book and that must have been a really strong one for him but those moments Jones you're right they I didn't see any of that coming I was like oblivious again to this like uh the critic character that was um that little short guy that was like the the director and it was really well done about how that built over time and mm-hmm. Asterios just like let it happen the whole time he thought like maybe she was strong enough to take care of it her own or it didn't affect her but he was way wrong yeah because it's almost like she she's gonna sign up to do this silly project with this uh you know with this director and this play that he doesn't even take seriously to begin with so it's like it's like he's she's big enough to do this she's big enough to handle what's coming at her and he's just like jonesy you you you're so right about it, it it being like a self-help thing because it's i think i mean it certainly kind of like made me um conscious of certain points in my life that i'm i'm much the same way that as uh, asterios and it's like uh, especially uh when he completely disregards Hannah's, like he always just assumes Hannah and everybody else is just wrong because in his head he's right and he just, he's so convinced that he's right and everybody else is wrong that he just won't listen to anybody else and what they're saying. And the way that it read on paper was just, like it just felt so natural to see like this guy's, shortcomings and how he's just so one-sided in the relationship that it it was just i don't know it was it was broken down very well like even graphically when he starts when when moments of contention arise in in relationships between any of the people like the drawing and the the graphics start breaking down into like their just their bare essentials like at the same time like a stereo starts breaking down into like cylinders and almost like two dimensional kind of figure. And Hannah takes on this like sculpture or this more artsy side. Like you could see how they're just different. And when they start like with these confrontations, you you kind of just like notice even more that they're two different people and they're like almost riding on different wavelengths because of it. And it's just, it was just so, it was just so good how Mazzucchelli just made it obvious for the reader that like Asterios had these problems just believing in Hannah as a person, like having confidence in her or anybody. And he was, uh, you know, he's just a womanizer and he, he thought he was hot ass the whole time. But he just, you know, he lost everything because of it. There's two notes, and I, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but I usually don't jot notes down for this show anymore because I, I kind of think we both, we all know how to hit a rhythm and remember our points. But I thought it was pretty masterful that we only see um, a stereo from the right profile until he loses the eye, and, you know, kind of symbolically losing his, you know, a holishness. Uh, whole. I don't even know how to say that word. 
but he loses an eye, and it kind of symbolizes him losing that bad part of his life. And then finally, we start seeing him from the left profile. You know, only in that great turning point of his life do we, we see him from a different side. I thought that was pretty great that Mazda Kelly put that in the art. And I also love the fact that the the ghost character of Ignacio, uh, which was his twin brother that was stillborn, um, in the beginning of the book, it's very prominent that Ignacio is a ghost narrator of Asterios's life. And he's really a construct for this ego that Asterios has built up. And as Asterios grows as a person throughout the book, you see him less and less and less until the final climax is in a, you know, Asterios is beaten pretty badly and he uh, has like a, a living nightmare where it's his ghost's uh, brother that's done it to him. So <laughs> it's, I shouldn't laugh at that, but that was pretty funny audio just then. And, uh, I am still alive. Are you still breathing? <laughs> There's a massive thunderstorm happening. I'd have to change um, my underwear. Yeah, so Ignacio as a construct was very well used, and I thought the the climax where he's beaten and he imagines it that it's his brother come to, you know, finally beat the crap out of him was pretty great. I, how about the uh, the character that ended up causing him to lose that eye was the same one that he saw on the bus that he gave his lighter to. Yeah, his dad's yeah. lighter. Wow, brutal. The Just, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the just the journey that he goes on when he just decides to pick up and move and, and like, go back to basics, like Rocky Four. He's, like, training in Russia. Like, he's there with just living in a room of a house of this family and the philosophical discussions that he has with his, uh, with the, his landlord, you know, the landlord's wife, the boss's wife is just... It was just great to see him like build back up into something that he wanted to be, and he even if he because he he lost an eye to get there, but it was just it was really cool. Like, and he and he makes his way back to Hannah at the end, and you know, aside from the you know the meter meteor on the last page or two that's like plummeting towards Hannah's house oh, like yeah total total trick ending i really i mean i really felt like good i thought it was going to be like a depressing book in the end but it really was like a feel good book yeah, i that, really liked that i did laugh pretty loudly once that splash page happened and the meteor was there like a cackle <laughs> yeah. like one loud <laughs> cackle in bed and yeah, that was a. I definitely did not see that ending coming, and I went back to reread the initial dialogue with the kook in the diner who explained the possibilities of a meteor slash asteroid coming to Earth. So I wanted to see if there was like some deeper meaning that even Asterios mentioned, but hmm. um, it didn't quite. You know, it didn't have some kind of like huge circular obvious connection. But I thought it was a really good touch. I thought it, the um, how it. When at some point Hannah and Asterios are talking and they're just conversating and, and Hannah like poses the question like if you were on a desert island or something, what are the three things that you would grab to take with you or something? But it's kind of cool how it like ties back to when his apartment building catches fire and he grabs like the the pocket knife that he found with Hannah 
and I'm, I'm drawing, of course, a blank right now, but it was like, it, it, it all meant something to him at the end. Like, even though you... Th- well, was his father's lighter, the watch that he right. had saved up for, and the, the thing pot- from Hannah. The pen knife. And in the end, the only thing he kept was, you know, that part of his wife. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just so cool that he, he took these things... And you know he had to he had to lose things on the way, but that's like he was that was his rediscovery of himself and stuff. It was it's such a it's such a feel good book in the end. You know you you go through the the uh, pain with him, but I th- I mean in the beginning I thought it was going to be <laughs> some kind of other story because you find out he's like watching videotapes of because he videotaped every day of his life in his apartment and he had them all saved. And that's why I thought he was like running. I thought he was running from the feds or he would be running from the authorities because just like he turned out, he had VHS hundreds of VHSs in his apartment. And I was like, where are we going with this? But it didn't turn out to be like that at all. To Dale's earlier comments about the artistic storytelling. There's a lot of great written parts that you could get in any book but artistically he explains them better than anyone could have otherwise i feel like the the scenes where he talks about how memory you know is really a different interpretation of previous events and you meld that memory over time into something totally different and it shows hannah talking about how you know he never really pays attention and that interpretation is totally different from the the original memory to the original moment to what that is constructed as a memory later. And artistically, he describes that in a way that you, you can't really grasp in a monthly comic book outside of just maybe two lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great moments like that. Um, the, the wife of the mechanic, their conversations were very, were, were great. The, the story she, I think he or she talks about is the, the 2000 year old temple that had been, you know, constructed with different, different, um, had been built up over time using totally different pieces from it was original original construction, but if they still consider it the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Mazzucchelli is was like next level writing artistry in this book, and yeah, I don't really think there's was. a lot of people that can pull this off. The one of those moments that really hit up with me was at the end. Uh, Stiff wants to build a uh, treehouse for his son. And he draws like a crude box shape. And here we have Asterios, a master architect, doesn't even glance a second time at it and just helps him build it. And Mazzucchelli just does it in such a way where like Stiff's like crude drawing becomes like the most beautiful treehouse I've ever seen in a comic book. And just to stifle that Asterios yeah, the paper architect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would he would draw it as some circular structure that would have all these amazing lines, but at the end of the day, that simple box like just pops off the page. And he could have been old Asterios and you know torn the design to shreds, but he just said, you know, let's do it. Yeah, and he and didn't he didn't think a sec- like he didn't think anything else of it. Yeah, and it's almost like the like the pacing Mazzucchelli set up like. He left. He left it open there, like like you were waiting for it. Like the the pause, the pacing was just like he's like, I just drew this up. You think we could do it? And then like cue to Asterios, and there's like silence, 
and then he you're totally surprised by say him saying it looks great but like the pacing was there and, the, and like the timing of like you could have totally expected something other than that to come up like it was a total surprise and it was it was a genuine surprise too you didn't see it coming mm-hmm. yeah and so. i think that was that was like the i mean you, you sort of get that Asteris has changed from him being kind of quiet mild-mannered accepting this new life and he when he meets this mechanic and asks for a job he even says like yeah i know a little about cars but can i start in like an hour and he just goes to the library and and reads pretty much anything he can on cars mm-hmm. and he just figures it out and then accepts a job as a mechanic and that point where he didn't say anything about the drawing that was the huge milestone at least in my view of Asterios accepting someone else's architecture and building it. And that was like the huge jump for, for mm-hmm. him as a person and as a character. And I, I thought it was a beautiful moment. And then at that point on, he's, he decides he's got to get back to Hannah, like come heck or high water. Yeah. He's uh, get the, how about this, the solar car? Does that even, I don't understand how any of that even worked. It's just <laughs> so solar absurd. panels on top of a car and, <laughs> He would have been fine if the car kept up with sunlight for over 50 miles an hour. (laughs) I do like that. Um, You know, I really thought when he got to St. Paul and got to uh, Hannah's house that it would be like she would be there with a new husband and Mm -hmm. he would have totally missed a shot. But I I have never wanted a fictional character to get his happy ending so, so much. I know. I know. And then when he got it, I was like, this feels good. Yeah. Because at any point, like, I was waiting for Hannah to just be like, you know what? I can't go back there, and you hurt me too much, and I spent too many long years trying to change you. But as soon as she was like, you know, we have a lot to talk about, but why don't we just sit here and be with each other? I was like, oh, man. It was I, I was like, I, I didn't realize I was, like, holding a breath. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, thank God. So what did what was your reaction when the very next page was this huge? Oh, I, I, I absolutely lost it. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> Of course, yeah. he would change his whole life, get back to the woman yeah. he loved, and then die that instant. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Well, but I was like, I was like, oh well, at least it's like a meteor. It's going to evaporate them instantly. You know, I chuckled mm-hmm. because yeah, at least it was they'll just die like, happy. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 they have that moment, and then there'll be nothing. Like, there's nothingness after that. So, at that moment, that's the end, and it's just like there's no suffering, there's no pain. It's just like complete annihilation evaporation in the next page so i chuckled because i i like i almost didn't i not even believing that that page existed but if any but if they're going to go at least it's going to be hit by a meteor that that they won't know what's coming or there won't be any suffering hopefully so what did you think of the ending of castaway then with tom hanks (laughs) Uh, i remember being I remember that just being completely awkward, I think. <laughs> Poor Tom. Yeah. Having to come home. A break. You know, wife remarried. Your life's over, Tom. Yeah, really, Finished. after all that. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks to that big shipping company. That shall they go all, they nameless. They on that path. Yeah. What was... um? There was another book that I thought of. I think Mazzucchelli also did a book called City of Glass that had a very different vibe that I, that I was thinking in my head when I was talking about a Polyp that had a very different ending 
that was more, you know, artistic and open to interpretation than this one. I think that was um, Paul Austere. Wasn't that Paul Austere? Oh, maybe it was. Because that was one of the first books we did for the comics podcast, I think. Wow. The old comics podcast. Or we did it for Nerdcast. Because I did that. I remember doing that with you. Nerdcast Comics. Remember that? I do remember that. Those were the old days. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to listen to those episodes ever again. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) So there you have it. Asterios, Polyp, David Mazzucchelli. Legend. Yeah, definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a feel-good book. You won't be disappointed. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them. Slim's going to melt. Do you? I mean, I am suffering for him. His pasty, gross face. It is <laughs> so hot right now. It looks okay. like I just went Hashtag to... flap sweat. One of those like saunas in the desert where you spend yeah. <laughs> twenty hours in there and you you know, peyote is coming out the wazoo. Toots. For the for the viewers, do we have any viewers on? There's a right lot now? here, but no one will ever see it again after this episode. Is Can done. you just take your hat off one second and just show the crowd what's going on under there? So Slim for the show, oh, yeah. Slim has to turn off the air conditioning in his apartment because the uh, you know the noise. So as soon as the air stops. Uh, disgustingness <laughs> ensues. Look at this. Oh my god! I mean, th- get it's your wife f- out here. Let's let's <laughs> watch the love unfold. Well, you the- look like a young Michael Keaton with that hair, and like <laughs> Mr. Mom. There's there's nothing more of a fire hazard in this apartment than my own head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, first letter uh, from our dear friend, uh, former show intern. I haven't heard from a while. Uh, Matt Double H, he writes, uh, in regards to format changes, uh, greetings, keggers. Been enjoying episodes new and old the last few weeks. Loved having Nimity join, even though I missed having everyone's favorite lovable scamp at Jonesy. Uh, You know, you could always have her on a semi-regular basis as you've proved the show scales to four hosts. Rest in peace, Mark. Uh, I had to say that I found myself a little thrown off by the recent format change to go straight to the book club. It used to be that the start of the book club, roughly halfway through the episode, felt like getting to the main meal after a delicious array of appetizers. Now it feels like rushing. Also, when listening to older podcasts, I find that the roundtable and lightning rounds provided amazing time capsules of what was happening in comics at the time it was recorded. Uh, versus book clubs, which are usually timeless or have been released years before. Hell, I even, oh, H, I even miss Newsman Dale underscore A's old news segment for the same, uh, the same nostalgic reason. Uh, for example, this morning on episode 58, Archie marries Veronica slash Betty, at Dale reported the news story about Marvel making a Hulk TV show which led him to making his own claim as the VP of merch. Mm, wow. So count me as one vote to consider bringing back those segments as part of the regular show. Uh, meanwhile, on episode 58, you guys are debating changing the format to go to a how-did-this-get-made style of dedicated fireside, fireside episodes between regular ones. I can't wait to see how that experiment goes. <laughs> uh, and that's from Matt Double H. He says, P.S. Lightning Round, Secret Wars 2, and Old Man Logan 1. Went into these with very low expectations and was shocked to find I love this new fantasy world of stories. Cannot wait to see this expand to Jason Aaron's weird world next week. I lost my breath like six times. There's a lot to divulge in that letter. You struggle. 
Um, I, I, for one, I mean, you know, Matt H.H., it's what it is, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I am, I'm super excited about all the Secret Wars titles. I haven't read one yet, spoilers. Uh, they're mostly $15 a piece, so <laughs> it's kind of got me bummed out. But uh, I, I love the idea of taking these, like, one-off stories that, of, of crazy circumstances or crazy team-ups and just doing it. I love it. Yeah, Old Man Logan number one was really good. Was it? I have it on my yeah, iPad here. I liked I it a lot. Bendy yeah, I... on Wolvie, you know, does something in my pantalones. <laughs> Is this a preview of things to come? Were you reading the letter? Was it the last line of the letter? Right. I don't know. Uh, You're no, looking no, at your phone just... as if there was one sentence left and you just read it. I was waiting to spring it on you. You know, I knew Matt H, H double H as, as we call him, offline. You know, he yearns for that format. You know, the, the book club first format actually happens a lot outside of the reboot. It was like 75% of our shows for like right up until episode 200. Yeah, we were, we decided to read so many long books that, it, you know, folks, it's hard to read 40 pages or more of weekly books. And then when we decided to dump it a 300 pager, you're looking at, you know, and I'm not trolling here. You know, sometimes Dale can't get to it till the night before or the day of. Mm-hmm. That's 350 odd pages to read by and, nine o'clock at night. And you're asking Dale to keep keep doing the news. That guy can oh, barely bad. get an announcement post and done add before we record. A movie that Dale has to was, watch during the week. Forget last, it. That last line, Slim, was a little too much. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I I mean, I'm glad he. I'm gl- probably got some comedy. The only thing out that came out of the news segment was comedy. I'm sure because oh, yeah. I, I was not. You know, the news segment was like. I was regurgitating, regurgitated news. Like, it was just terrible. <laughs> so. <laughs> I remember having some great times in that news segment. But, I mean, Matt HH will get to the point where we decide that it's time to end the news segment. I don't remember. There was, like, a period of two or three episodes where it was just drivel. <laughs> drivel oh, news yeah, segments. I was just like, I need we- something for the news segment. <laughs> was... Was the time we harassed Mark for his Robin Williams trailer of uh, Batman really just a news tidbit you brought up because you hadn't thought of anything? That might have been. Because I remember some episodes we, I think we passed the baton from Dale's faltering hand to another host to come up with news nuggets. There's some great moments to be had there. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see a return to the format. The you've just been underscored sounder. <laughs> we don't use that nearly enough. We're not we're not nearly professional enough mm-hmm. to, I think, do that. Why? Where are Dale's secret sounders that he was supposed to record? <laughs> you mean the secret sounders that you told him to make right. before episode <laughs> two hundred? You 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 painted this picture in your own head. That's how that I try to produce fact. the show. <laughs> You know, it we'll turned s- rumor into reality, babe. We'll s- we still talk about comic books in the fireside if we had read any. As, yeah, as yep. you'll notice, we haven't read one comic outside of the I, book club. I read, I feel like I've, I mean, last week, I, you know, I do another comics podcast. I think I read, I was able to get in two books to talk about. And this one, I read this, Asterius Polyp, you know? And miscellaneous other stuff I'm reading. But it's hard. You know? Yeah, difficult. Yeah, and, and it's you know, admittedly, admittedly, 
Like I I wish I read more, but I don't miss it, honestly. Like it's just not that it's just not the right time right now to be mm-hmm. I I can't do it and I don't miss it. So that's good. I'm not deaf but I'm not going away from it. I'll get back to it, but you know, you we, know we uh, all us comic f- readers go through that the ups and downs. So comic I burnout. Think, uh, convergence and Secret Wars are perfect jumping off points for me. Oh boy. Right now in my life Man, to be honest here first. And that's uh I I mean I'm reading Black Hood. You know, I'm reading some um off big two stuff, but I think the last big two book I got was Daredevil fifteen point one, but just because I have a subscription to that. How is the uh, I'm up. I'm like ten issues back, I feel like, on Daredevil. It's still great. I can't I can't tell you that it's any less than superb. It's ending it really in like is two months or something. Uh, I believe nineteen is their last. Oh, issue. I thought it was right around the corner. Maybe it's seventeen. Hmm. It's close. Oh my God. I mean, uh, Sami just said on Twitter the other day that he. I mean, he just he turned in the last. Oh boy! Issue. So it's maybe three months out. Yeah. Wow. So, your boy. You Chris heard it here first. <laughs> I'm not sure if people are really hearing it here first. <laughs> you heard it here absolutely last. I wonder what he'll be doing next. God, it'd be nice to know. What Maybe. if he did Wolverine with Bendy? Maybe he'll be at uh, Baltimore Comic Con. We can ask him. He may be. Dale, you, uh, are you going to let him out for that weekend? Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> Dale booked uh, us a, a Airbnb on a yacht for Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, yeah. You know, there's rumors that Adnaminity will also be there, floating around, gabbing about with big wigs. Rubbing elbows, making f- farther strides in the business than we ever could. Probably, yeah. She's got that kind of personality, you know? She really does. Not us dopes. Yeah. We frighten. Pa- the paper keg yacht. <laughs> Do uh, we want to talk about next week's Just Pokemon? think about it, guys. I mean, there's, there's, it sleeps eight. There's yachts sleep eight, ten. <laughs> you know, they do- they're docked. You don't, they're not going anywhere. Uh, boy, what is the next book club? I don't even know what the next one is. What is what is on the dock next, Jonesy? Can you reveal that? I need to get into this uh, dock real quick. Oh boy, maybe. Oh boy, let me let me cut maybe the we'll music. Do, we'll do it. Should in I the cut fire it? Side. Okay, we'll do it on the fireside. We'll see everybody next week. You guys ready to take this journey together as friends? Yes. I mean, Dale, you've got to read it probably Wednesday for a special Wednesday night recording. Oh, crap. I forgot we're recording Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Any pay-per-views that night that you... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the first night of the Stanley Cup playoffs. No big deal. Oh, man. St- Stanley Cup final. Sorry. No, it's okay. There's going to be at least one of those during Lancaster. Weekend, Saturday night. I've already looked at the schedule and cursed loudly you should, you should find a, a bar outside of the county outside the county, county, lines. Right county the county lines 
it's just like that episode of Longmire. You know, the kids, they gotta, they have a rite of passage. They go, they cross county mm-hmm. lines in the dead of night. Mm. And then, you know, spoiler, something happens. Rumspringer. <laughs> there you That's have what it. That's they call it. God, I might need to go back to the Longmire archives. Spoilers. There's Season so many four. bizarre murders and crimes <laughs> in Absaroka County. Spoilers. That I'm surprised one man can do it all. Spoilers. Uh-oh. There's, there's only one man. That's why trusty Vic. Mm-hmm. And, oh, boy. You know, Ferg. I really like doing the, um, I would post the final shot or like the the best shot of the episode to my Tumblr of the certain episodes. I got to bring that mm. back. I think I reblogged every GD one of those. They were so good. Mm-hmm. It was like you had a sixth Longmire sense that I posted one of those. <laughs> I just had Longmire as a, as a Dan slot type <laughs> uh, Google entry. I just got alerts oh whenever God. he posted He it. heard this now. Now we're screwed. Right. He's going to listen to this I just, episode. I just woke him out of his sleep. <laughs> so, Jonesy, you read A Thousand Books a Week. What did you read this week? Uh, I actually did not have a ton of time to read these past two weeks. I, I just finished uh, before this show. What did I read? And I thought it was, eh. Uh, Divinity, I thought, did not finish up very strong whoa, for a fourth issue. Whoa, whoa. Because the first three were like five stars each. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. no. But, I, I mean, it certainly sets itself up. They're going to have what's called Divinity 2. I guess they're going to do four-issue movies. Mm. It's like know, the Ultimate Universe. Issue. Yeah. So, like, each one is a story arc. So the next one will be Divinity 2. I mean, the twist ending is really good. There is a twist at the end, which is fantastic. Mm. But I thought... I don't know, it was a little sloggy getting there. Hmm. So, I mean, maybe if, maybe you'll think different. I just thought for what I was, for I mean, the quality of the first three issues, I was a little taken aback by the pace change of issue four. Mm-hmm. Pull, pull quote on Divinity 4, Gen Z Loves Beer. Sloggy. <laughs> Ooh, but great twist ending. Huh? Uh, that'd be great. Make sure to put that in all caps. Seeing that on a cover. <laughs> But uh, Black Hood is really good, like really, really good. Uh, I downloaded Invincible, haven't read it yet. Old Man Logan downloaded, haven't read it yet. A, a new book I really want to read called Material. Oh, by Alice Cott. Yeah, I, I really dug the cover. And I tell you, don't judge a book by its cover, but mm-hmm. the, the cover really grabbed me. I think he goes pretty deep philosophical in that one. He he uh, reads a lot. For like then. He reads a lot of deep thought books. It's just it reads a lot of. Uh, it's just a print out of his Twitter material. feed. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck decrypting that. Is he is he a Twitter account that you refuse to mute and then curse your phone yes. when he shows up on your feed? <laughs> yeah, because you know he's on my read. He's in one of my lists, so I'm not gonna. I won't mute anybody in a list. I'll I'll, I'll just unlist somebody if I have to. Uh, but he Twitter is a comic masochist. creator. Yeah. Yeah. So. He is a comic creator, so I, you know, by my standards, he has to be in the list. I mean, it's that 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 is a comic creator mm. list, Twitter list, so he's got to be in it. Love it or hate it. It's like the what's that weapon that has? It's like a whip, but it's got like tassels. They've got like instead of tacks on the other end, they're like little Twitter accounts, and Dale just swings <laughs> them over his back and hits himself with it. I have to. They're necessary like, evil. <laughs> What's that called? Self-flagellation? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Where you beat yourself with it? Self-dalegelation. <laughs> My God. 
Have you guys see, seen is there anything else? I mean, is anyone reading Secret Wars? And yes. Is it any good? I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's like ten bucks a pop, so behind. your mileage may vary. It's a how much? It's, it's like it is nine ninety nine each pop, issue. Right? Stop it! No, it's yeah. Not. Is it really? Yeah, it's their first monthly. That's nine ninety nine. Why are you gonna be a jerk? <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Four ninety nine. <laughs> Caught you. Caught yeah, you it's pretty lie. good. It's pretty good. But uh, I saw that Dan. I saw that Dan Panuch went on a Secret Wars rant oh, the other day. Really? You know, he used to be the host of the Comics Tango podcast. Rest in peace. Now also on uh, permanent hiatus. Yeah, joining the Hiatus Club. Been there, done that, boyos. Mm-hmm. I mean, should we? I mean, should we be doing a, 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 hiatus? a hiatus just to be part of the group? Oh, gosh, Jonesy, don't tease me right now, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end it. Just, Get, he's just know. now. You just made him think he would never have to turn his air off again. You know, it just be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a pay per view, a, a playoff game. Right. You know, I'd only have to read comics for one podcast. Whew. Yeah. All right, that's How it, you right now? boy. Pull the plug. You just San Andreas this pay, this podcast. <laughs> We're done. We're done now. Thanks. We had a good run, two hundred five episodes. We just gotta. We're done. It's okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. be here for you. And our last weekend together as friends before we all go our separate ways. Wait, Jersey, can't wait to end it either. I mean, what is <laughs> going on here? This is the end. Yeah? My only friend. The end. You know, maybe my wife will just replace me on, on paper cake episodes. You know, I'll just fade into the background. You know? She actually did, uh, the, I think the other day when I realized actually that the pay-per-view was tonight she's like you know I, I, maybe I'll just replace you that night and then I like mm-hmm. looked up into the sky and she's like I was just kidding stop thinking about it <laughs> you're lost <laughs> some timeline somewhere has that has you making that call and uh, yeah uh, we just see you as like a background person going to the fridge for another beer <laughs> making myself a caramel vodka in the background <laughs> reminding her to turn the air conditioning off you know, maybe I'll bring that back for the uh, Lancaster weekend. Oh, boy. We got to do it. You know? Gonna do we it. Have, we'll have dinner, whatever it is, dinner for that first night. I'll make us some drinky poos, mm. you know? Maybe have some cheesy poofs to wash mm. it down with. Oh, man. <laughs> what a life. We don't this is going to be a great weekend. Get those kids down nice and early. Yeah, I think, uh, really, they're going to have a long day. They should be in bed by 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get those uh, ragams packed, Dale. <laughs> yeah, I got them right next to Chris Somney in my basement, right, Jonesy? <laughs> I have to ask, where's the ragams uh, metal sign that we had made for you? <laughs> it's that on a, it's uh, the dump heap. <laughs> <laughs> Is it holding a door open somewhere? <laughs> it's uh, over here on on the. Um, it's on some Cardenza wall that you can't thing see down here. Yeah, is I, it on the table with the four thousand unbagged and boarded comics you have down there, boy. shuffled in the the pile? <laughs> Jonesy smells blood. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Where's uh, Dragon Fro at? Has anyone talked to Dragon Fro? I got you know I'm gonna direct message Can you him DM right him, now because we have not heard from him in quite a bit. I'm nervous. Dragon Fro, if you're a new listener, he's he's the uh, most famous, infamous letter writer of all time. And ever since we stopped doing live shows, he's possibly dead. We're not sure. 
I just te- I just answered him, "Hey, you okay?" <laughs> Man, very uh, very to the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, uncharacteristically, not beating around the bush, <laughs> as is your style. Have you either yeah, of you I, seen Mad Max yet? The new one? No, but all I hear is that it's the greatest movie ever made. I heard that too. So maybe right. I'll have to. Maybe we can rag them the whole family set. <laughs> just get the three of us to. <laughs> then you know again. what? Let's just do it ourselves too. We'll just drape <laughs> it over our own mouths. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me Dale, make up a batch of Kool-Aid and everybody take a sip. Dale, what did you read this week? I read the um, the Punisher invades the Nam. Oh yeah, you're still going through the Nam backlog, aren't you? Um, I actually just got the the second trade, which is eleven through twenty, but I haven't read any further. I just randomly when I was when we went to Boston a couple weekends ago went to a comic store and I was just like let me see what they got as far as the nom and it's like the nom episode or issue 63 and 64 I think and it's it's a pretty straight laced story about Vietnam still but uh, Frank Castle is a, a sniper and they need his services so he go he goes out with another guy into um, Laos or Cambodia which is off limits during the war um, most of the northern Vietnamese armies would retreat back to Laos to regroup, and the Americans were not allowed to pursue them into Laos or Cambodia. So this is like super black ops. They needed Frank Castle to go in, uh, you know, uncharted, un, un territory he's not allowed to be in to take out somebody, and he ends up getting caught, and then he's like in a Cambodian prison. And he's got a breakout. It's pretty great. It's actually really good. Hmm. And um, in the letter column for that issue, it says that Chuck Dixon t- is starting is going to take over writing duties after that. So he must have wrote out really? the end of the nom. Yeah, it's um, Mark Farrington's boy. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mark. Missed that guy. How's he doing? Anyone? I'm st- brushed the still dust dead. Off his grave. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think change. he's still down there. <laughs> it's a shame. So, since we've gone to the book club format, let's now are you more at ease reading books that are just you're in the mood for now? Since this was kind of this reminds me of like when I just read Swamp Thing way back or Miracle Man, how you were into it and you just kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's nice. I. I'm the only thing I'm kind of bummed about is I'm not I'm just not keeping up on new titles like I used to used to for five weeks ago. But it's nice to just know that I could spend that time reading the nom if I wanted to. Hmm. It's it's like not it's like less stress that way. Mm-hmm. I'm with you nice. on that one. I, uh, I'm doing much of the same. Like I have like one or two titles that I know I want to keep up with. Uh, but like I sat down, I reread, uh, Jason Aaron's ultimate Captain America the other night just cause I had time. You know what I mean? I didn't have to, you know, try to figure out, figure out two books that, that I really wanted to talk about or I, I didn't think you guys have talked about cause sometimes I read books that I think you two are going to talk about so I can add to the conversation. 
So I ended up having to like spend twenty five dollars a week and <laughs> yeah, read yeah. like five issues. Yeah, that's and read too. the book club, and it's just you know it's very freeing to go to the book club segment. And I feel bad for people who really like the old format, but this is kind of reinvigorating. See my me, my anyway. grand plan coming to fruition, and you know it, it just warms my heart that it's obvious now. Matt HH just threw his solo cup of beer against the wall and walked out of the room as he heard that. Well, if he if he hasn't started listening to the old Fireside episodes, he will have already thrown his beer across the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those terrible things. <laughs> oh, boy. What we should show? just hide episode one through 199 from the feed. Maybe we should. Maybe I already thought about just it. Start 200. Oh, did you? No. Just leave episode 100 out there because that's one of my favorites. Is that because Chris Somney called in? Yeah, pretty much. All right, tapping on the phone, SOS. (laughs) 